Welcome to the Fizzle Show! This is the Fizzle Show. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself, doing something you actually care about. For freelancers, creatives, and entrepreneurs, your hosts are Barrett Brooks, Steph Crowder, Corbett Barr, and me, Chase Reeves. We run Fizzle.co, where new and used entrepreneurs learn how to create, develop, and grow a personal business in the modern age. Membership costs about a dollar a day. But as a listener, you can try that for free for five weeks on us when you go to Fizzle.co slash try five. In this episode, has my topic been done already and done so well that my take on it isn't really necessary? Marissa has a specific idea for her business, but there are other people already doing something like what she's thinking about it. So how should you navigate this? How should you proceed? And how can you tell if it's something worth trying or not? That's what we get into today. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 147. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. One, two, three... I, I like to picture you being really aggressive in those claps over there, even as you're aggressive in your dancing. I concentrate Steph. so hard. Like, I really like, want to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, our listeners should know that that you're quite aggressive in your dancing. Is that correct? This is something that you, you know, this is reported by, your, by you personally, as well as others in the room who have seen it. It's something that I've had to just come to grips with and uh, <laughs> ac- accept as reality. Wait, so this isn't something you're necessarily proud of, but just something you go like, you know what? <laughs> it's just something that I'm, happens. I'm good enough and God darn it, pre- people like me. Yeah, she you know? she dances like she's in a, a dance-off. Like, you know. <laughs> Pretty much. <clears throat> and the funny thing is... Like the title's really, on the line. Yeah. <laughs> it it really has nothing to do with alcohol either. I've had a fair amount of people since being pregnant who've said, you know, we always just thought that maybe you'd had too much to drink on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that really has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's incredible. We had a, uh, we had a, a, a fizzle planning week and everybody was here and everybody except for me got to go to the nineties night, nineties dance party night at Lola's room. Yep. Um, which, uh, I mean, I'm, I can only imagine that, that, that the dancing happened very aggressively there as well. Mm-hmm. It was tons of fun it was tof mm-hmm. yeah we had a dance circle going on for a while barrett and nicole took it very seriously yeah i'm not the only aggressive dancer oh no no yeah no you're yeah, right i i have true. i've All never seen it. a couple take dancing more seriously than barrett and nicole <laughs> mm-hmm. no. i've seen nicole coach barrett like it like live and going yeah. like like whisper in his ear something yeah, like yeah. and then they start doing some kind of like synchronized <laughs> move a little bit like synchronized swimming, but uh, a little bit. Most of the time, I just see her criticizing you, going like, "Come on, Barrett, get your head in the ball game." Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah get Come it. on, you're embarrassing get it me. Together, <laughs> this is dancing here. We're talking. We didn't about. buy these outfits to be ashamed of our dancing. <clears throat> Everybody did go to the thrift store to get like outfits to to fit it on the '90s night. So, just so you know, amazing show notes. Just so you know, uh, work life mm. balance it matters, guys. It yeah. matters. <laughs> Work dance balance. Um, do we have any follow up from from the last uh, few episodes or anything? Or, or uh, man, th- some just good comments and stuff from the last yeah. couple yeah. of episodes from our totally glorious listeners. Yeah, you guys are so awesome, and it sounds like the the shows that we've had recently are really starting to to hit home. I've had some conversations with people um, saying like, you know, the episode where we talked about. Uh, uh, what we what you really want Val's episode where where it's like hey I quit my my business to to 
take my dream job. And like those kinds of thoughts about what are we actually doing this for? That one definitely hit hit uh, a spot for people because in some ways uh, I had people call and say like, you guys are brave for doing this because isn't that kind of like, you know, pulling the legs out from underneath your call to action as fizzle. And for me, I didn't feel like that at all. I feel like I, we've seen enough people trying to be entrepreneurs who probably shouldn't be. Like I'm, I, it's like for the future and the sustainability of my business, it's kind of like, no, I, I, there's plenty of there's plenty of people who are who are going to do this that will keep me in business, but I don't I don't want to make my life more difficult by like trying to get people to think that entrepreneurship is the only way forward. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard that episode, it's really really good. It's um, uh, I'll find it here in a second. And then 144. the one forty four one forty four show dot co slash one forty four. And then Barrett's story was is is uh, is touching a lot of hearts, pull a lot of heartstrings. So many hearts. You know what? Barrett's actually the combination between us, Chase, mm-hmm. of the open sharing on one, one episode. I would have to say there was a bit of a one-two punch yep. going on there. Mm-hmm. And I just have to I have to say I thank you. You know, I appreciate you. I honor you. Namaste. Right? Yeah. Because that sounds like something that persona would say. Well, I've been doing a little bit of reading in Eastern. My wife's into yoga, you know what I mean? Pilates mainly, but I have a little bit of yoga. And uh I just want to say the God in me sees the God in you. I mean there is only one God, but um if that's how you talk, then I want to make sure that I am welcoming to Good. that. Well, namaste to you too, Chase. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Christian, <laughs> uh-huh. so you don't need to say that to me. All right. All right. You say there's one God, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, so... Uh, and may that may that God look down. Wow, it's getting heavy to start. <laughs> with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Sorry, but it was it was good. It's, it, we've had a lot of people touched by by those moments on, on the show. The, that was I think last episode, right? One forty six, one forty five actually. One forty five. Six was about blogging being dead again. Yeah. Oh, blogging's dead again. Yeah, look at that. And this and neither of those. Oh, I quit the the one forty five was uh I I lost my wife and it was worth it. Is that is that right? That is that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, great great little run of shows here that I'm. I love this because all of the co- topics that we're talking about are coming from the forums. These are real fizzlers inside of Fizzle who are asking really, like the thing is, is they're asking great questions. They have great stories. This is real humanity happening here. And today's question is, is no different. So if there's not any more follow-up or anything, uh, maybe we'll just get into the next one. Going once, going twice, and sold to Steph Crowder. Rhymes with chowder. Steph's out there in Chicago. Steph, tell us how you're doing today. I'm doing great, and I'm ready to share with you guys our topic. Are you guys ready to get into this one? I like it. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so this one, I feel like if I had to summarize it, I would say, if it's all been done before, why should I bother? That's kind of what we're talking about. So this Mm. is a question from Marissa. Also from the forums, like Chase mentioned, we've just been seeing some awesome stuff in our forums, especially with a lot of new members joining us for the new year. So it's been really fun to just see what people are talking about. And here's what Marissa has for us. She says, I have a blog with the goal to teach mid-career corporate women ages 40 to 45 how to launch an online business while they still work full time. And she says that she's also currently working on her blog and, and developing a minimum viable product at this time. She says, I know there are others that do this and do it well. However, I feel like this niche, the corporate woman, is what makes me stand apart. What is the feeling on this? Is this a topic that's done already and done so well that my slant is not necessary? My other thought is I have been very focused on writing content that supports how to come up with and test an idea. Should I just really dive deeply into that, becoming an uh, an expert in that piece of it? She says she keeps going back and forth and can't figure out who to serve. And I just want to add too, um, she has a reply to someone in the comments that I think is helpful because she clarifies even further. And um, someone asks her why she feels confident that the mid-career woman, corporate woman would want this. And she says the mid-career corporate woman seems to be an audience where there's a lot 
a feeling of how do I escape after I've invested so much time and I don't want to start at the bottom. She says, could this be different from someone who's in their 30s or late 20s and still new to, to a career? I'm not sure. That's exactly it. I am. How do I know that I'm better than so many others like Marie Forleo, uh, Fizzle, etc., who are already doing this so well? So she even wonders, do I become a, cur- a curator of this kind of content, like not create my own content? What kinds of opportunities could there be for me in this space that she perceives as already being a, a crowded one potentially? Mm. 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 We're all typing away. I think there's some good notes. Some yeah, notes. we're taking some notes. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Steph, thanks for uh, bringing that to us here because <clears throat> I feel like I have a little bit more to try to understand about this. And so let me speak it back and you tell me if I'm getting it right. Is that okay, Steph? Yeah, do it. So um, it sounds like uh, if I was going to generalize this, uh, I would say I want to do something that looks like I want to do something like this, but there's things like that that already exist out in the world. Is there any point in me doing that? Yep. And then furthermore, uh, I do kind of want to take it in this a little bit unique direction for this unique kind of person. Um, and then, But still, even though that's a, that's a little bit unique, that's a little more specific, I still have this worry that other people are already doing this and it seems like they're doing it quite successfully. Is there any point in me, you know, stepping into the ring to, to try to try my hand at this? So to speak? Yep. maybe, yep. and I think the boxing ring is a probably a terrible analogy because it's nothing like that. It's not like one person wins. You know what I mean? Simply my nature of the fact, I mean, that's explained when she says, for instance, people like fizzle, Marie Forleo, Lewis house, like all of these businesses are surviving there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so there, there already exists that kind of like cohabitation as it is. Yeah, but, and I, th- I think a yeah. result of that question is I, I'm really interested in this secondary question. It's like this, this line of questioning that she's going back and forth with herself on has her asking, should I just like not even bother trying to have a unique, a unique perspective and instead become a curator of this kind of content? I thought that was really just sort of like an interesting potential conclusion that she's arrived at. Is like to me the the sub question there is like, is this not even worth me sinking my time into and would I be better off trying to like bring other people's perspectives all together versus trying to get my own voice into the mix. So there's something really interesting there. Yeah. And that, that that makes me think of of a few other things, but I don't want to go into there quite yet. I think we should stay back, come back to like, you know, whatever square one and, and think through this general feeling of like, is there any point in me, in me trying this? I don't know. What were you thinking about Barrett? Well, I was just going to kind of put this in context of how we talk about other businesses. So we're talking about basically a phase one business that's just come up with an idea. So phase one of the, the small business roadmap, right? Within fizzle and phase one is kind of that idea stage before you really launched your business, you're trying to come up, work through ideas, decide what direction you're going to head in. So that's where we are in the context of the business journey. And Further, she's looking at having kind of a teaching business. It sounds mm-hmm. like maybe teaching or coaching yep. would be the two archetypes that we've talked about that she might be considering. We've got a target audience that she's settled in on and a topic, audience mm-hmm. being mid-career women, topic being online business. Yep. And the big question is, am I unique enough? Is this going to work out for me? And the first thing I want to say is everyone has this question, no matter what your topic is. I think everyone getting started after they get done with the audience and topic courses inside of Fizzle, they say, is this going to work? Could this be specific enough? And so I just want to validate that, that like, it's not just because it's online business, not just because Marie Forleo and Lewis Howes and Fizzle exist. Mm -hmm. It's because you're at this stage in business. Well, and and, and it's not just people at the beginning. You see all the time, like, you know, big companies trying to come out with an idea 
and then they 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 spend millions or billions of dollars on something and then they have to pull out of a market. We just saw Al Jazeera, which is a popular mm-hmm. um, news network in the Middle East, opened up Al Jazeera America for a couple of years to a lot of fanfare to begin with. And then yep. they quietly just pulled out because there wasn't enough room for yet another news channel. Right. Um, amongst all the others out there. Mm. So it's not just new people who have this question. Totally. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm just putting that in the show notes, a little uh, USA Today article on that. And to me, you know, the, the real question here is, are there mid-career women asking, how do I escape after I've invested so much time and I don't want to start at the bottom, who Marissa could serve better than the existing options. Say that again. Are there mid-career women asking? And then I'm, I'm just using the phrase that Marissa said here, which is, how do I escape after I've invested so much time yeah. and I don't want to start at the bottom? So the question are, are there those mid-career women asking that question and could Marissa serve them better than existing options? Mm-hmm. I think what, what what's instructive to me about that, the reason why I was trying to get to your language on that, is because I think this is a question that we could all ask ourselves of our business. This is a kind of way of, it's like a sniffer for what what is the thesis of your business? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like it's really easy to come up with a business idea and never actually get this specific. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, that the thing is, is uh, that question, are there mid-career women, so yeah. are there blank insert you know yep. audience here asking blank that and uh and I could, I could serve better than what already exists right right so so um what's it, this is hard it's it's hard to do one of the, the the formulas that we put together inside of our roadmap is is getting people to a point where they can answer this i'm building blank for blank because blank which is kind of like a different way of saying it and there's that it's not perfect there's going to be but that's going to solve a lot of problems. It's going to help you figure out a way to put that. Like when your barista asks you what you do, you can say it that way, and yeah. it's going to it's going to land a lot heavier than like, yeah, I sort of do some stuff. It's internet. But I, I I don't do advertisement, but it's it's pretty good. It's blogging, but I'm not that you know whatever you know better than that. So to me, the question of are there mid career women asking, how do I escape after I've invested so much time and I don't want to start at the bottom, and if so, can Marissa? Solve that problem. Can Marissa help them better than what already exists out there? There's two things that this brings up for me. The last part first, better than what already exists out there. I don't want to be doing something just because I can do it. Me personally. I want it to, to be the expression, the, the thing that I, I, the thing I wish I would have found is how I'm kind of operating my life right now. Um, because I have a lot of opinions and I have a lot of things that I wish I would have found. I wish I would have found Fizzle. And I'm working always trying to make Fizzle to be that thing that if I would have found it, I would have been like, oh my God, yes, I have to try this. I would, I trust this. And that it would actually be the thing that I wanted because I am more judgy about this kind of stuff than anybody I know in some yeah. ways. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, but there's that, that question of like, th- is there even a path forward that that you're doing this in a way that you feel not only proud of, but you're like, no, this is this is like I I need to do this, or I I don't know what it yeah. what it is. Exactly. And, and and then the other question is, you know, there are different ways that Marissa could serve these people. So she doesn't have to serve them better than existing options in the exact same way. Right. It's yeah. not as if she has to build. She brings up a few different um, uh, competitors, like Fizzle is one example, or Marie Forleo, or Lewis Howes, or mm-hmm. um, you can go on and on and on about people who have offerings to that purport to teach people about business. Yeah. 
So she doesn't have to build an exact duplicate of any of those competitors and try to compete head on. Instead, she could serve them in different ways. She could serve them through one-on-one coaching, or she could serve them by being a business concierge or, you know, who knows? She could serve them through an email a week. You know what I mean? Like you pay... $365 $365 for the career, something, something. Yeah, there's so many different mediums, so many different modes, so many different like yeah. access points, so many different types of way that you can productize this information. Yep. And and that's what I, like for me in, inside Fizzle, that's what the roadmap is. That's This is us going like, listen, we could teach you a m- number of different ways. We're putting our best effort into this form of this roadmap. Right. Because I can show you a bunch of different courses to take, but we want to guide you through step after step of this after step because making progress every week is the problem. It's not even like misinformation that's the problem, you know? And Marissa's doing herself a favor here as well because Mm. she's not saying, are there people who want to build a business that I can serve better? That's a hard nut to crack. She's being more specific. So the question of, could Marissa serve women who are asking, how do I escape after I've invested so much time? And I don't want to start at the bottom. Like immediately I think of friends that we have, yep. you know, who are in this exact situation. Totally. And I just think about the things that they are probably struggling with that someone like Fizzle or mm-hmm. anybody else doesn't directly address. No, yeah. Because we don't right. know like what it's like to negotiate those office politics. And we're not gonna we're also not gonna make that our sales page. No. And that's where it's gonna matter. When, when like you're the exact, exactly great point, negotiating office politics, trying to get like a day off of work where you work from home or like all those different specific kinds of things that, that you would deal with in that, that's all fodder for great blog material or the kind of thing that they might be searching for to find where we don't have that on, 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 on ours because honestly, we're so consumed with looking at this other direction that that's just an opportunity that we're, we're missing out on. And we, don't, we just don't have yeah. a lot of resources to spend on that. I love this one response from... Another fizzler right here in this thread, and this I'll make a point about her point, but she says, uh, as a mid-career corporate woman who stepped away, here's what I think. And then in parentheses, she, she says, I'm now a therapist in private practice and building an online thought leadership business. I think there's room. Forleo and Fizzle are amazing, but it took me a while to connect the dots. At first, everything online seemed very airy-fairy to me and salesy-sleazy. Mm lot of rhymes there. Mm. I had a master's in computational finance from Carnegie Mellon. I worked for Goldman Sachs, et cetera, et cetera. I was mired in credentialism. So to make the leap to these online freedom people, well, they didn't seem very grounded to me. Eventually I sorted through and found fizzle and I loosened up, but it took time. If I had found you and you were able to connect it for me, that would have been very helpful. These women aren't starting with just, I have a passion for X. They may have passion, but they have a lot of experience too. So their businesses will be different and the stakes are different. They're giving up a lot potentially. They read differently, use yeah. the internet differently. I think you can really connect some things for them. I think articles from HBR, as in Harvard Business Review, key thought leaders in the, stra- in the strategy and business space supporting your offering would really work and creating a community of women who are struggling with similar things. How do I do this for real? How do I maintain my credibility and or sense of identity? So what I get out of that is, you know, if you're coming on here and saying, I want to teach online businesses their space, my answer to you is going to be, um, yes, people win the lottery and you can enter the lottery if you'd like. But with just the online business question, I don't encourage people to go down that path. In this case, I think Marissa is asking a very different question, which is for this specific audience, can I create a thing that helps them specifically create online businesses? Yeah. And to me, the answer is almost certainly yes, there's space. Now the question is how? 
Yep. I think this is a really, really good example of, and the, the, the thread or the, the reply that you just read, Barrett, is, is just like the cherry on, on the top. Mm-hmm. This is a great example of, and this is for all of us listening. Like I want to kind of zoom out and generalize a little bit more on this because it's all, one of the most common questions that we have. One of our, our more popular courses, one of our more popular free guides, which I'll put in the show notes, is the guide to defining audience. You know what I mean? Um, so this is like, how do I pick my target market? How do I identify them? How do I speak to them in such a way that they resonate with this? This is one of our more popular courses inside Fizzle that I put together um, because I was a designer and customer-centric focus type stuff was always at the heart of being a designer. Uh, and, and more than that, being a writer and a copywriter where you're trying to create an emotional experience, trying to get through all the noise and the cruft of the internet and actually touch someone through, through what you're writing and, and putting in front of them. This is what we all want to do. And so what we just heard heard in that response that you read Barrett is like oh yeah no like one of the line that stuck out to me is like they're giving up a lot potentially mm-hmm. and that is very true this is a very specific audience now there now you can get uh, you know you can get all Harvard Business School about it and go like okay what's the size of this audience where are we going to find them and that's all stuff that you should be able to do and the audience course guides you through it but one of the most common questions we get about this is how do I know when it's specific enough? Mm-hmm. How do I know when my audience is defined enough? Because I know that I need to get it kind of niched down so that I can actually make tra- get some traction early on. Because like you're saying, you're like, wait, so choosing like how to do online business isn't enough? You know, you know it's like, right. and you're right. It's kind of like, yeah, step in line. Like you got to, you better you got to nail it and or you or you got to do it for a lot longer than everybody right. else, right? Which is right. also an option. But to get quick progress, you can go like I am I have ADD or dyslexia. I am I am I am in a wheelchair. I'm wheelchair bound. I want to do an online business. Like maybe there's only 50 people out there that are doing it, but you can connect hard with them, right? And so this is a great example of an audience that's defined enough because I don't know what it is, but you can sense Mm-hmm. That well, you, I mean, you, you can think of it, someone that's there, right? Right, and also not just sense it, but we just read literally exactly the comment that yeah. I read that right. it struck a nerve, which is which is always good, totally a good feeling. Steph, uh, I feel like you might have something to add since you sort of went down this very path. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, before joining Fizzle, I had my own career coaching business. It was geared towards women who are a little bit younger than this particular crowd, but maybe more like 20s and 30s women who are trying to figure out what the best career for them would be. And I will be totally honest, I absolutely had those thoughts. And I looked up to the very likes of Marie Forleo and other people out there who are doing similar things. And I don't know, there's a few pieces of advice that I got over time that that really helped. And some of them are, are cliche, but I don't think it matters because they become great mantras. And one of the things you guys are saying that's kind of resonating in my mind is this, I think we've all heard the quote, don't compare your beginning to someone else end. And that one is just so helpful to me. You can look at Marie Forleo and the fact that she has a huge, you know, uh, audience of people who are watching her Marie TV series every single week and the videos are so well done and you could go on and on and on about it. Um, and it's funny because she actually has a episode about this very topic. Perhaps we can link to it in the show notes. I'll grab the link for it. But she talks about how she wouldn't even have ever gotten to the second episode of her show if she had started comparing herself to other people. So I think this is it's it always helped me to realize that like, okay, those people are like three, four, five plus years into their journey and I'm just getting started. So I can be 
where I am right now and still be just as valuable. So I think that that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, and I know we've talked about this before, but I just think that, you know, let me see what, um, we, I think this was episode, maybe one episode 131, where we talked about abundance versus scarcity. And just the idea that there's more than enough to go around, I think as long, the caveat being as long as you're offering something that people actually want, you know, if you're, if you are really trying to hone in on something that people need, then there is enough to go around because your own unique perspective and your own unique experience oftentimes is going to speak to a different group of people. So that's kind of the way that I'm hearing it. And that was definitely my experience too, is I think just realizing that there is an audience for you in the way that you're going to put it out there. And by nature of you being who you are, it's not going to look the same as everybody else. And you also can't predict that until you just get started. So you have to watch out for that too. Yeah. And I, I would imagine, I hope that there are some astute listeners out there uh, wondering, okay, but wait a second. Um, where is she going to get the expertise for this? Mm-hmm. Right. Because the, the question that we asked earlier about, are there, you know, blank people needing or asking about blank and could Marissa serve them better than existing options. The key here is Marissa is building the business. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about who else is in this competitive space and Pam Slim came to mind. Pam Slim, uh, runs a a site. She's, uh, for years helped people escape from their corporate jobs. She has a book called escape from cubicle nation, which she wrote in 2010 Uh, The subtitle is From Corporate Prisoner to Thriving Entrepreneur. And the beginning of this on Amazon, the description says, Pam Slim, a former corporate training manager, left her office job 12 years ago to go solo and has enjoyed every bit of it. So you're Mm -hmm. getting the sense that, ah, here's someone who had a successful career. She left it more than a decade ago. She went solo. She has all this experience and she must be sharing this in the book. And in um, Marissa's comments uh what we gather is that she's still working in this corporate job she Mm -hmm. hasn't yet left hers and so the question is how are you going to make that massive gap between this is what i'm doing now i want to help people achieve something that i want for myself and yet i don't necessarily have the skills to pull that off and I think there are a lot of different potential answers here, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't go down this road, but you need to be honest with yourself that even if you're not, as Steph said, comparing your beginning to someone else's end, you have to wonder what their beginning was, and maybe they started further along than you are in this particular position. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Right. And this, Or you know, interestingly, th- maybe they, maybe you have no idea how humble their beginnings were. Like, those are the most fascinating cases to me. Like, if you, <clears throat> you know, just because I was talking about Marie Forleo, if you look at her website, you can just tell that she's got so many followers and she's so big and everyone's like, gosh, I could never be that. But if you hear, if you read about her story, I have read a lot about her story. It used to be like she had a life coaching business and she put on workshops where her parents were the only people who attended, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you just don't really necessarily know where somebody started. And uh, it can be very comforting when you start to learn about that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I definitely agree with Corbett and that, you know, ideally Marissa would have left her corporate job in the middle of her career and started some kind of business and have been successful. So like, Andrea Ayers comes to mind as, as an example, sort of like that, where she started a certain type of business and then started teaching people how to start that kind of business Mm -hmm. because she was already successful doing that. And that's not to rule Marissa out here, but it is to say that there's something to be said for going out and doing the thing you say you want to teach others. It's harder to do it than to teach it. But I also think that this is, this is the, what it looks like to do that. What she's talking about right now is the beginning 
of potentially her actually doing that, right? And so, so obviously, it, 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 whenever we have an Ouroboros situation like this where the snake's eating its own tail, mm-hmm. tail, I'm a blog trying to become a better blog by teaching you how to blog. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. an online, online business business trying right. to teach you how to do online business as right. a business. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's always a little bit confusing. It's always a little weird. And there's always that question of like, why are you qualified to do this? Right. You know, in our situation, I mean, we, we have a lot of varied expertise, but I mean, really you were doing Corbett, you were doing Think Traffic for, for a while. And Think Traffic was like you going like, I started a personal blog and I'm going to start this one over here to be like a little more like what I'm doing on my personal blog. Do you know what I mean? like yeah. how I'm doing it. And and so a lot of us start here. I wonder like where how where what Pam Slim's first step was um in this as well. So I, w- part of me wants to say, yeah, you you don't don't ever forget that you can do this. You are doing it. Right. And this is what it mm-hmm. looks like and it's just like the even as you know, the other side of the uh or another way to put the don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end is the like don't despise the day of small beginnings or humble totally. beginnings, right? Because yeah, or like started from the bottom, now we're here. Started know? from the bottom, now we're <laughs> here. To use a more contemporary reference. Because the truth right. is, it's awkward because of that expertise question. Yeah. You brought up a really good point, Corbett, that like, where is the expertise going to come from? We talked about the audience. We've got a great line on an audience that, that might not be like specifically served and targeted, right? Up to now, we've had this market of online, uh, like how do I do an online side project kind of thing where the generals have worked right? But now the fact is that we're getting more resolution in the marketplace to where you can just talk to these people mm-hmm. about that. Right. It used to be that it was just like Chris Brogan right. or something. Now it's like you can talk to these people or just those people or Spanish speaking yeah. or Thai speaking or just, just people living abroad. You could probably have one for people who want to start a business in high school and yeah. do well with it. it. And that's, that's the sort of thing. That's the beauty of this. Right. That's the beauty of it. And, and that's what the, the magic of picking that audience is. Mm-hmm. Like what you said earlier is like, don't forget that the, like you being able to say for like women, what's the actual thing? The, the, the career, mid-career women, right? Yeah. I love that. I love that f- slogan. It makes me go like all of the places I can find them, all of the things I can use to get in front of them, all of the ways that I can connect with them and resonate with them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? All of the sex in the city jokes and, and, and tropes that, that can be actually really used because this is a way that this is a way of life. Do you know right. what I mean? And, and you know, it, it could be that um, Marissa's experience as a mid-career woman yeah. might outweigh the experience she needs to be as an entrepreneur for a while. Totally. There's the, there's right. the rapport. There's a rapport that that gives. And there's another way of, of framing this, right? Because the other way is to go like, follow me on my journey to become a post-mid-career woman who has launched off on my own. Basically just restating everything that you said about Pam Slim. You're like, follow my journey of this and I will teach you along the way. Yeah, That's a different yeah. way of saying it where you're that leading learner kind of thing. Where that probably for Marissa, it, 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 just thinking about that, it's like, okay, at least that feels more comfortable because I'm not the expert and I know that I can't like teach you all sure. of the things about that. And it, but it also might not be as as sizzly of a of a topic. Might not have as much sex appeal. You know well, what I mean? There are a lot of right. ways around it too, though. I mean, if you look at like Samuel Hulick of uh, user onboarding or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know if he did that for professionally. But the reason people trust him is because he reviews everyone else's user onboarding experiences. Mm-hmm. And he's just built up this. He library. does it professionally. By the way, I'm going to put this in the in the show notes because I, it's one of my favorite favorite single like things that I've seen in the last like three years of just like, oh my God. So he had a book, he, do, he does user onboard stuff professionally, mm-hmm. 
as a consultant. Okay. And he was like writing a book. And he's like, wait, how am I going to get this book out to people? And he's like, well, I need to make an audience. Well, why don't I just try to do these things? Uh, and he came yeah. up with the idea of doing these like right. slideshow teardowns. And it since has just blown up. Right. Right. And it's this great example of using a visual sort of storytelling, just click to the next, to the next, to the next. I only, I only call it out here because like I want more people to use this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I want people to think like this. It doesn't have to be a big old blog post. Right. It doesn't like, I don't know where he's getting his, <laughs> his search results from this thing, but he's tapped into an audience audience that has questions and found a visual means of getting in front of them to to answer some of these questions you know right so yeah and he uses comic sans or something that was all uh <laughs> I think on top of it chalkboard or notebook chalkboard, or something <laughs> that is all important the principle i was getting at here though is that you can develop expertise by t- uh studying people who have already done it yeah so she right. can go out and look at other people who have made this transition and built certain types of businesses and break them down for her audience that's a way of not having that expertise in your personal experience, but yeah. building it through the study of others. And I put I th- uh, your article, Barrett, on deconstructing expertise in the show notes. Uh, so all you need to do to be an expert is actually read this article. <laughs> and then if you email Barrett uh, personally, he'll mm-hmm. just help you throughout the, the journey. <laughs> yeah. So I think, that, <laughs> I think that's a great point on expertise. I would also say something that's in my mind is, this is probably true for Marissa. It's probably true for most people. I think you very likely just the universal you kind of take for granted your own expertise. And that's to me, that's really important to point out because I'm thinking about my own business, which again was, you know, geared towards career women. And at the time I was like a 25 year old female manager. And it was very easy for me to be like, what the hell do I have to teach, you know, other women about leadership and having a career? Like I'm, I'm, I'm just figuring this out for myself. And the thing that inspired me to do it was I had people approaching me in my own company and on LinkedIn and in my network just saying, how how have you gotten to where you are? And just sharing that experience helped me gain a readership and a, and a following just by being honest about what had happened to me so far, even at just at the age of 25. So I think that you know, it's very easy to take for granted your own expertise when in reality, the people who are f- even further behind that are going to be so interested in hearing your insight because they're looking for those things that you probably take for granted because you wake up and live in your own head every single day. So to me, that's the funny thing about expertise is when it's your own, it's very easy to write it off as not a big deal when a lot of people would be very interested in hearing about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a really big point. And I think it's a nice cap on like what we've talked about so far, which is, you know, the question is, how am I going to be better than you know, than so many others that exist out there? Is there any point in me even trying this? Which is, is a question that you ask all throughout, and it ha- but it's especially heavy in the very beginning. Yeah, because because you haven't put your you haven't touched the water with your toes yet. You don't know how cold it is. And so you're like, before I before I like you know, get naked in front of everybody and jump into the pool and be super vulnerable, like, and potentially be able to get hurt and get cold and mess myself up. Like, is this something I even want to do? So I think the first and foremost big piece of awareness there is like, this is, we all ask that question. So first of all, you're like, remove some of the teeth from that thing by realizing that's the question that everybody asks, right? Like Barrett was saying. And then, uh, and then also, can you really answer this question? How am I going to be better than so many uh, other people who are already doing this? Is there any point in me really jumping in? What do you? What would it? What would it take for you to feel like that question has been answered? Like where you're like, oh no, yeah, I I know that. Like what what on, what is a possible answer to that? Because is that potentially an unanswerable question? Unless similar to our episode on defining your own success, you kind of have to answer it your own way, right? Which is like, okay, 
Why is that so stressful? Because they're better than me? Because they have more success for me than me? Because they have more people than me? They're more popular? Because of all these reasons that like, you know, celebrity and, and whatever just builds up. Like you just, you just feel that. But what would make this successful for you? Is it like that you have to be doing more numbers than them? Is it that you have to be doing it like and, and people respect? Like, what is the thing that you need from this work? And I feel like that's a really big question and a great place for someone, if, you, if that's what you're thinking about, is, is the Defining Your Own Success episode, which was, what was that one? Uh, uh, hold on, wait for it. Anyways, the, 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 this is episode 140. 140. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the, the idea there being, you're thinking this question, there's so many other people doing this. Is there any point in me also jumping in? Well, what's built into that is a, a lot of things that you feel like are that you have that you're assuming about what you have to get from that work. Right. I need to be at their level. I, it's not okay if it's not a hit. It's not okay if it doesn't work from the start. It's not okay if yada yada yada. There's all those assumptions that are like living like shadows in the darkness, but they have they have a weight. They have they have they have a, a, it's it's scary. But if you can call them out and say like, oh, I think I'm feeling like it's not okay if it's not a hit from the start. Oh, well, I know it can't be a hit from the start. So screw it. Like what maybe, maybe it's okay. Maybe it is okay if I just do enough over here to feel like I made a thing. I scratched an itch. I got an ebook out of it. I did this, that, and the other. And it was my first attempt, right? Maybe yep. that's enough to yep. go, to go like you're taking a smaller bite potentially, but it's an intelligent bite. It's smart about what you can build from there, either in the same direction or p- picking a different one. And I think that's a really big point because, of course, you're always, we are always going to have this question. Why, is there any point in me doing this when they're already doing it? And like, oh my God, look at all these other people. And you're, you're, all, you're always comparing yourself. We are a tribe animal. I think that's what that comes from, just straight up genes, tribes, fitting into totally. the tribe. And so we're always going to compare ourselves. And so this question of like, but it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's like Steph said, don't compare your beginning to someone else's end. It's a losing battle to Honestly, say, there's not much in my beginning to be it's like not much to look at. <laughs> there's it's a losing battle to even try to pull Got off Steph. what some other some other more experienced, you know, enduring company has exactly. done. Exactly. So you have to define your battles and and you know, you might as well define them in such a way that you can win. So taking this already the so we've talked about how narrow the audience is, yeah. but we haven't talked about the problem at all, like what right. she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And this is a massive thing to think about. Okay, we've got like a 40-something-year-old woman who has 20 years dedicated to a career. She has a future in front of her that probably involves being an executive at this company or something. She doesn't See, want to I throw that's that away. an important assumption, though, because that was made in the comments I read and in the narrative you just told, which yeah. is that they are corporate, professional like high earning types that are on a path. And that's an important thing to make explicit because it would be easy for mid-career women to just become anyone between the age of 35 and 50 or whatever she ends up saying. And I actually think it is important to define that at least in Marissa's own mind and not on paper. Yeah. So, but beyond, beyond the audience definition, the question is what is Marissa going to help them with specifically now, not five years from now in the ideal vision of her, her business, but now um, and I think there are all kinds of things that you can break down there, but it's impossible for Marissa to expect to be able to help people make the full transition from, I maybe have thought about yeah. what else could I do to I've left the thing. I've started a business. It's successful now. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's taken us three something years to get through really helping people with the first couple of phases of their business. We yep. don't even go that deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I would ask her, and, and it probably makes sense since she's building expertise to just let the expertise flow from her experience, not yeah. too far in the distant past. And, um, and that would be, okay, how do I start wrapping my head around this? What are some resources that are out there? Um, what conversations do I need to be having with myself, with my mentor, with my spouse? Um, how can I plan for the future? All those sorts of things. Yeah without even getting to the point where you're taking the leap. Yeah, know? no, and I think she mentioned uh, something not not too dissimilar from that, talking about, like, maybe if I, what if I'm, like, what if I focus on this one little area of this? Where she was, I think, talking about, you know, the business idea. Like, just focusing on the idea part. Mm-hmm. Like, what makes, it, uh, what makes a, a, a good idea for a side business or something like that? Just using that as an example of, you can pick a very small part of this to really focused down on and, and like I said I think she had, she had mentioned that in their very in her very first part of this post um, and I think that not that that is the like, the way through here not that that's like the right answer but it's a way of biting off less and letting success actually letting you will know this is done when X like I have some sort of a framework that I believe in that I've coached people through that helps them figure out that that idea that they could start working on and then they can go, then they could potentially be like after paying me this X amount of dollars to get this sort of thing then they're on the the way I the translator into a you know if I wanted to send people to the best possible business training it would be probably be fizzle or something but um <laughs> but <laughs> that's what that's one of the things that's maybe. like maybe that's one way to go about it right but another way to go about it would be to say you know fizzle Marie Forleo, Lewis Howes, all of these people she mentions are for kind of every type of online business. We're just online business. Mm -hmm. Another way way to slice and dice it is to say, what type of online business? What type of business are you going to help people create? A coach, uh, a... Right. Whatever archetype you want to help. And now you steal a whole slice of every one of those audiences. You say, this segment of the population, mid-career women who Mm -hmm. are in professional careers, that want to make this type of business. So mm-hmm. I don't know, physical products businesses. Yeah. And now you've stolen that whole little segment of them because no one else is doing just that. Mm-hmm. We're not doing just that. Marie Forleo is not doing just that. Marie Forleo has got the women thing going on for the most part, but she's wide angle on online business, just yeah. like Fizzle's wide angle on online mm-hmm. business. So there's a lot of different ways you can slice and dice. I worry about the early stage stuff because yeah. there's so much early stage stuff out there. I think that's where it's easy to get lost in the fold. But it, yeah, you and you're right. You're right in that it's like the it's the um, it is it is it's, it's very common and easy. It's easy to hang a shingle and be a life coach because mm-hmm. you don't need certification in most parts of the world. Um, at least it used to. I think you probably do most places now actually. But it, that was always the thing. It's like listen, anybody can hang a shingle and say like, oh, I'm a life coach. I help people with X, Y, and Z. Anybody can put up a blog and say like, oh, I'm a blogger and I help help people with X, Y, and Z. They might not have any right. expertise or or yada yada. But now and so anybody can kind of teach on on the business idea thing. But again, that's where you, you you will have some sort of combination of the topic, the audience, the topic we talked about, like kind of like creating your first side business that'll hopefully turn into a full time business. The audience, which is that that mid career woman, the expertise, which is like I know about this, I have a story of why I my voice matters about this. The model, the like I'm I'm going to use uh, I'm going to be a teacher, or I'm going to be a coach, or I'm going to do workshops, or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then there's like the specific problem that you're kind of focusing in on. Like and all of these are ways are these these are knobs that you can kind of ratchet mm-hmm. in and you, you can kind of get specific uh, and this is what a, this is the beauty of, of of a business idea right and and this is where the art of it all is uh, to me and I think that another important point comes up out of that which is 
we're assuming teacher or coach here. Yeah. We're imposing that on her and that does not have to be the case. I mean, Steph raves all the time about her day planner that she uses. Yeah. And maybe that's a key thing that every sure. woman who's going to leave her Yeah, Steph, what's that day? Who makes that? Emily Lay, L-E-Y. And her yeah, website. You love just, that. You love that thing. Man, I'm obsessed. And there's a bunch of different ones. We, you know, Whitney English is a friend of ours. She has the day designer. That's another absolutely great planner. I've used that one before. I like a lot of different ones, but yeah, I mean, these things are, they're huge. And I think that's a great point. They're, they're often aimed at younger women and there might be something totally different from a physical product perspective that appeals more to a mid-career woman that's totally different and not tapped into. Well, yeah, any number of business models could work here. The point is that you have to understand the problem well enough to understand the different ways you can solve it. And I think that's what comes next here is you got to go talk to some people very specifically who are in this target audience and understand what their needs are. And if they're considering this kind of move, what are their struggles? Mm. What are they challenged with in that move? Yeah. And, you know, the the um, we often talk about product first versus audience first businesses. And Marissa needs to think about that. Is, mm-hmm. she, is she going to come up with an idea for a product first or is she going to start building an audience um, my preference in cases like this, where someone is trying to build expertise, is to go audience first because you can build your expertise while you're building the audience. It's hard to build a product if you don't have the expertise to begin with. Yeah. So if she goes the route of building an audience first, just to test the water, she can find out, are people really interested in this? Mm-hmm. Will people, for example, listen to a podcast about mere mid-career women making changes? Um because it's specific to them, as opposed to just listening to uh, Smart Passive Income or The Fizzle Show or Entrepreneur on Fire yeah, or something yeah. like that, some other place that those already exist. Um, I just had an idea for a podcast name. She should call it the Mid Career Meltdown Podcast, <laughs> and just and just interview people yeah. who have had these like massive changes in the middle of their career. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, to me, that sounds like actually a really good idea. I, I hate to get too pedantic in, about the specifics and stuff like that, but that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I, I like sometimes when ideas like oh god can we talk about that for a little while here's what we do but, here's how it would go <laughs> but the 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 benefit of building an audience first is that you can gain the expertise you can find out if people are really interested in this thing and then at the end of the day there are ways to earn a living from that audience that don't have to involve you creating a product she could easily if she has a blog or a podcast that's big enough she could uh, sell sponsorships she could run the affiliate Uh, marketing Mm -hmm. angle, which is she already identified a bunch of people who she thinks might be able to serve this audience. So she could be introducing her people to Marie Forleo, for example, for quite some time and probably make a decent living at it while she develops enough expertise to Mm -hmm. build her own thing. Yeah. One one thing I'll say about that is I would really, really love to see Marissa define that up front. What am I going to sell in the future? Whether it's audience first or product first, I I don't think that really matters, but I think it's really easy to get lost in the potential business models once you start building an audience. Sure. And I just say that from my own experience, yeah. that if you start building an audience and they are kind of in this general vein that we're talking about, and then you start questioning what you're going to sell them, you can go in circles and circles and circles just chasing down this one opportunity over here for a sponsor and this other one for a workshop and this one for a coaching client. And by doing that, you can lose a lot of time moving towards that yeah. minimum viable income that we know is so important. Yep. Yeah. Um, let me let me try to zoom out a little bit here and kind of I don't know add, add add summarize a little bit of what we've said so far. We're talking about the fact that everybody feels this this fear that like wait there's so many other things out there that are somewhat similar like 
is there any point in me doing this? So first of all, everybody fears that. Second of all, um, just because there are others out there doesn't mean you shouldn't think of doing it. Uh, sort of sub points on that are like, you can get more specific to a more specific group of people. You can get more specific in a more specific way. What if you sold the day planner version, uh, the, the whatever, the worksheet book version of how to come up with your business idea on the side? It's like perfect for people to take to lunch because the only time I get to work on this is when I'm at lunch and I don't really have my computer and yada, 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 right? Like w- learning the ways that you can make something specific and unique just for this group of people. Um, so just because there's things that exist out there doesn't mean that those people are being served best. And uh, the expertise question, which is about like, wait, who are you to say something about mm-hmm. this? Uh, of course you feel that. Marissa, of course you feel that. Of course everybody out there thinking about doing something feels that. Um, even if you are an expert in, in post-traumatic stress disorder and you've been working with uh, vets for the last 30 years... You, if it's your first time getting online to make a blog, you're probably still going to be like, no, nobody really know. No, I don't really know what to say. Or you know what I mean? Like even the biggest experts probably, at least the best, probably feel that way. If, if you don't have that, you probably are kind of a prick. But <laughs> <laughs> like you got to have at least a little bit of that. How do you actually feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> like now, I don't feel that, but I did at the beginning, and that's what matters. Um, but there, there. So there, there's a lot of things that we've said, and and they're really mostly just kind of. There's a lot of comfort and encouragement. There's a lot of like, okay, just because people already are, are doing it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be tried. And what's more important uh, than any of this for me is like, what does it feel like to you? Like, are you excited about this idea? Take away the idea of fame, of celebrity, of money. And uh, do, these, do you care about these people? Do you care about their journey? Do you feel the pain that, they're, that they feel? And I bet Marissa probably does because she's in that boat, which makes her unique in this in this space probably to talk just to them. And what if it doesn't what if it doesn't end up being the thing that you launch out of your mid-career with and instead it's a it's it creates a community over time over 10 years where it's just kind of like light stuff on the side and then eventually you're like, "Geez, I've got a lot of people here." I remember it was uh Bree Brower I think talking about that like she had uh, created her like simple home life Facebook group and it had gotten huge. And she was just like, I don't know how this happened. And now I have to kind of take it more seriously. I think we have a chance to make something out of this yep. because it came out of a need. She felt a problem that she felt in a, in, a, in a place where she knew she could, she was so interested and so kind of connected with it that, that she's like, okay, I can curate the information. I can, I can foster some conversations and stuff like that. So I don't know, Steph, what else have we said here or what, what needs to be said about, about this thus far and, and where do we go next, do you think? Well, I let me just add one quick thing, one quick comment from the forum that I think summarizes so well and it's just a, a different perspective on the things we've already been saying, but I just I, I feel like it's said so, so well. And this one actually comes from Emma who gave us the great topic last week that we chewed on in episode- Emma Davies' photo. Yep, uh, episode 146, we talked about is blogging dead and- Um, you know, Emma was talking about her Instagram and how she's been experimenting with that, but here's what she says. And I I just love how she puts this. She says, I have found my niche in a very oversaturated done to death corner of the internet teaching photography. There's honestly nothing I can say that hasn't already been said before, but I teach in my style with my feedback, my videos, my support, and I found an audience who like what I do. Just because it's been done before doesn't mean you can't do it as well. Just make sure you do it different, not necessarily better. 
So I just think the way she put that is so great. And we've been, I, I feel like even we on this, in this conversation have been saying, do it better. It might not even be better. It's just that it's, it's different, you know, for in Marissa's case, yes, there are some things that exist out there for people who want to make the leap from a career or a corporate career to having a business. But what's different is there's nobody, at least that I can think of who might be talking super specifically to this very group of people. So I love Emma's point about, you know, if she had let this very oversaturated, done to death niche, as she calls it, stop her from getting into the pool, she never would have gotten started. So I just yep. wanted to share that with, because I think it was so well put. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that's true. And yeah, I don't know. It's tough for me because on one hand, you know, we don't want her to shy away from this. On the other hand, I want to, I want to offer a challenging question that is not meant to be mean spirited. It's just meant to like actually challenge Marissa to think about it, which is, is this just the first thing that came to mind because this is the situation you're in? Right. And if that's the case, I'd encourage you to just take some more time. Take some time to consider other possibilities of businesses you could start. Think about the other problems you might be interested in solving and compare those. And maybe she already has. Maybe this is the output of the topic course where she thought about a lot of different things. Um, and if it's not that, if it's something that you've taken the time to consider and this is what's on paper and it's more of the fear of not being good enough or not having the expertise or whatever, go after it. But if this is the first thing that's come to mind, take a step back and just consider some of the other opportunities against this one and see what shakes out from that process. Yeah, and I one of the first things I jotted down, I didn't bring it up right at first because I didn't want to be a downer on mm. this, but that <laughs> is that this is a really common approach. You see people all the time who create something because it's what they want for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and I'm not blaming anybody for doing that because it, it's an approach that can work, but I think it also makes you myopic to other opportunities that might be staring you right in the face that could that you could be better suited to serve and that could have a market that is maybe more ripe for innovation. Mm -hmm. Yep. I got nothing to add. The last thing I'll say related to Steph's point a minute ago is that I just want to remind everyone listening that you only need a thousand people to pay you a hundred dollars a year to make a really good living. And that's the size market you need. And if you think you can get to a thousand people and get those thousand people to give you a hundred dollars a year, it's not to say your total audience is that big. That's just to say, if you can get those thousand fans yep. who buy everything you do and they'll pay you a hundred dollars a year, you can make a good living. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, if this idea passes that litmus test, I think you need to go after it and go after it immediately. Hmm. That's a great point. Walk, don't run. Wait, no, the other way around. Run, don't walk. Yeah. Run, don't walk. Wait, no, I'd walk, though. But be careful. If it's icy <laughs> near you, I'd totally walk. <laughs> yeah, I would walk. I'm, I'm honest. I would walk about it. I want to run. You'd uh, walk about? Sorry, what? I'd, I'd go on a I'd walk go about? on a walk about. Yeah. Uh, no, that made me want to do Crocodile Dundee so bad. <laughs> I wish I had a good one of those. Remember when he pours the cocaine into a pot of boiling water? Yeah. And then <laughs> bends the guy's face down over and puts a brag over him. He's like, guy's like, yeah, this is okay. I'll do it this way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's how you do it down there in Australia? That's not a knife. This is a knife. Hey, that could have been worse. There we go. <laughs> that, was, that was all right. I'll give you credit for that one. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say to Marissa or to anybody thinking this question. I, I, we've, we've, uh, because it's very common. Yes. And I loved what? What are you saying? It is a fallacy of entrepreneurship to think that you have to come up with something that's entirely new. Yeah. Look around you at all the businesses made. Some massive multi-billion dollar businesses were just a new take on an existing idea. The iPod, when it came out, everybody thought, oh my God, there are so many MP3 players out there. Why does Apple think they need to make a new one? Yeah. Well, they obviously showed us different. Um, and 
the risk of coming up with an entirely new idea is that it's actually not a new idea. It's something that has been thought about before and has maybe failed over and over again. Yeah. You just haven't heard of those failures because there's something wrong with the market or it's mm-hmm. not an easy problem to solve. Yep. You know, I, I seem to remember an ancient king, goes by a little name of Solomon, who happened to say, uh, there is nothing new under the sun. You know, and that is words that are from the ancient time and they, they're just as true today. There is nothing new under the sun. Hey, well, thanks, Gerald. That's good. Yeah, my pleasure. So I think, I think from, <laughs> I got Corbin. The, the sidebar. I got Corbin on that one. Um, uh, oh, Dave, Gerald. You had me, you had me thinking about something that, uh, that now I completely lost because I was, I was just, I just like that character. Dang it. I like that pastor very, very so Son much. You know, I just, I'm so, I'm so blessed by y'all's honesty. <laughs> By the way, you bring yourselves to these conversations. You prepare yourself. I see you have your Lacroix there, Lacroix, and I I just have to say thank you from from my family to yours because I know your your words have been real inspirational to my daughter. Oh, Carol, that's so kind of you to say. I appreciate it. No, it's no problem at all. I mean, it's really how I feel. Um, other than that, guys, is there anything else that you that you want to bring to the table before we call this to a close? I am ready to call this to a close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks, Marissa, for uh, sharing. Yeah, Marissa yeah. is like always a hard name for me because, hope, because Melissa is my wife's name. Yeah, which and, means I can't say Melissa anymore. Oh uh, yeah, I can't say yeah. That, welcome to the family. <laughs> like you just, it's so impossible to say Melissa after you've said Melissa uh, enough times. Uh, and then we had this Thai restaurant that was our favorite, and the guy was the coolest. He went in there, civilized Thai. You went in there, and he was just like, "Ha, oh, Chad and Marissa." <laughs> he was just so excited. <laughs> called to you see Chad. It. He called me Chad and called her Marissa. Perfect. So now the only context for the name Marissa for me is is a small Thai man calling you know calling my wife Marissa yeah which is and and me Chad Chad and Marissa it just makes so much sense my favorite um okay uh I think that's it Steph you have anything to add I think that I think we did it I have been Chase Wardman Reeves I've been Corbett Barr I've been Barrett Allen Brooks I've been Steph Crowder and we will see you there or we'll see you on another time. That's right. Uh, we are going <laughs> to go ahead and see you later is what's going to happen. Again, you guys, just thank you so much. I just love that we all let you close that one out. <laughs> I know. How did that happen? Somehow you, you just like short-circuited the, the count by like a half and it screwed us all up. It literally like stopped you guys in your tracks. Oh, I liked it. Woo-hoo. Thanks, Marissa. We loved hearing from you today. Thank you so much. There's a lot of show notes for this episode, a lot of good links. And you can find them all at fizzleshow.co slash 147. Uh, That's, again, fizzleshow.co slash 147. Get into it. Here's an iTunes rating from Curb15, who I'll call Kirby. Who says, Barrett's words moved me to write my first podcast review. I have listened to several hundred top-ranked podcasts for the past three years and have never taken the time to write a review for any of them until today. While listening to Fizzle Show 145, uh, Barrett shared his letter that he wrote to the Fizzle team, and it moved me so much that I had to drop a line saying how much I appreciate that authenticity, vulnerability, and realness. Wow. Thank you so much for telling us that, Curb. That is really a rewarding iTunes review to read. Uh, You know, our goal here, listener, is to help you make progress on your business every single week. And if you leave us an iTunes review, it just helps other people to find the show, which makes it easier for us to do it every single week. Could you leave us a review? It's so helpful, and we appreciate you so much. Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review. 
Now, uh, for our little benediction here at the end, uh, I'm gonna read a, a quick little thing from my friend Scott Erickson, uh, his... His book that he put out with a buddy, kind of reimagining prayer. I'm not, I'm not much for prayer these days, but I loved these these drawings, and uh, there was one here that I really liked. The the draw, there's a drawing, and then a little saying, a little sort of question to ask of yourself or God or the universe, the things. There's a blessing here. May you learn what it means to have enough, and abandon the relentless pursuit of more. Find care, take care, serve hard and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.